Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Breaking Bread. Once again, I'm your host, Dr. Weech, and we're it's time for a wonderful teaching. I want to give you an opportunity to tell somebody, call somebody, let them know that it's time for Breaking Bread. Get out your Bibles. We're in for a wonderful teaching this evening. Uh, we want to take this break, and we'll be right back. Breaking Bread. Breaking Bread. Breaking Bread with Dr. Weech. Breaking bread, breaking bread, breaking bread with Dr. Weech. Breaking bread, breaking bread, breaking bread with Dr. Weech. You're tuned in to Breaking Bread with your host and moderator, Dr. Weech. Let's go now to our study. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in to Breaking Bread. I'm your host, Dr. Weech, and it's time for another wonderful teaching. Uh, again, call someone, let them know that Breaking Bread is on and we're on for a wonderful teaching. You need your Bibles uh, this evening because we're going to deal with a lot of scriptures. Uh, lots of things are happening. It seems as though uh, the city still, uh, cities across the country, uh, world actually, are still quarantining. They're still saying there's an uptick in the cases of COVID. Uh, but I still encourage you not to be fearful or uh, discourage, um, you know, I think the one thing we got to realize as believers, the choices we have, Paul says, when it's to do good, the presence or the ability to do evil is always present. So I think as believers, we need to be faith motivated, faith breathers. Don't let fear creep in and crack that army, okay? We got to stay fo uh, focused. We got to stay faithful. And we got to remember that what Psalms 90 says, a thousand, 91, a thousand at your side, 10,000 at your right, but it will not come near you. Okay, no sickness will enter your home. And the reason why they said more to the right, because the right is the symbol of strength. I remember I was in the Middle East and uh, I was teaching at a university and one of the students had reached out to shake my hand. I had my right hand occupied and I had gave him a left. He said, teacher, this is an insult when you give me your left hand. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. He said, yes, yes, left hand, please don't do this. Even in eating, you, you're eating with the right hand. Unless your left hand, they'll look at you and say you're left-handed. So uh, the right was more because it was more, it symbolizes strength. But nevertheless, um, I don't want you all to be fearful. We are faith believers and we are, uh, we rest our confidence and hope in the one who has control and who can heal if anything happens to us. The teaching we're going to deal with tonight is talking about the power to become sons of God, the power to become daughters of the Most High God, the power to be ch become children of the Most High God. I've spoken on this, I've taught on this very uh, numerous times, and I like talking about it because uh, the, the, the teaching is so profound, and I want us to get into our mind frame, into our spirit, the, the, the meaning of what it means when it says he's given us the power uh, or the right to become children of the Most High God. So uh, think about this. I'm going to um, take a quick break, and I'm going to be right back. But more importantly, uh, if you do have any prayer requests, I always want to encourage you to send them uh, to the uh, network, uh, or you can send them directly to us, info at the g2gfoundation.org or info at wggfradio.com. Uh, this is real time. This is live time. So I want you to tune in. Uh, the number of the call in, if you have any questions, is 321-345-9443, 321-345-WGGF. So 
excuse me, um, I want you to get out your Bibles. I'm going to run a few commercials and we're going to be right back and uh, deal with our scriptures. But again, this is real time. If you have any questions, please uh, write them down. Give us a call. We'll get those questions answered. So be right back. Hello, friends. Are you a pastor in search of support? Maybe you are a lay person seeking clarity on God's movement and kingdom. Let me encourage you to connect with the G2G Foundation as we are making efforts to assist faith-based organizations to get back on message. Our Lord and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, said the gospel of the kingdom will be preached worldwide as a witness, then the end will come. I talk to many religious leaders and believers, and many are unclear to the kingdom message. It is vital in these times that we teach and preach the God's kingdom and tell them about the king. For more information, you can log on to the g2gfoundation.org or call 305-647-1922. That's 305-647-1922. Or log on to the g2gfoundation.org. Did you know there's scientific evidence that prayer works? I'm not telling you this to validate God's word, but I'm telling you what we as believers in the Most High God already know. Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, our Savior, said men should always pray and not lose faith. This is why I want to invite you to pray with me. I'm looking for at least seven, and with 12 or more, we can do wonders. But I'm looking for at least seven people who are committed to prayer. We will pray every Wednesday at 8 p.m. So if you want to join me and a few faithful, I want you to call 305 647 1922 or email us at info at the G2G Foundation.org. That's info at the G2G Foundation.org or hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at the G2G Foundation. Once again, I'm inviting you to pray every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Send your prayer requests, expectations for the miraculous as we shape things up with prayer. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m., 305 647 1922. There's a saying, pressure burst pipes or pressure will burst diamonds. When you encounter pressure in your life, you need to be the diamond that comes forth. Our Theological Seminary helps you become the gem the Most High God created you to be. Our Theological Seminary has various programs ranging from the arts, such as videography, to becoming a biblical scholar in theology. Our Theological Seminary has degree programs in ministerial vocations starting from the associate level, allowing you to work to earn your doctoral degree. Abba Theological Seminary is a fully functional online educational institution providing our students with a rigorous curriculum, access to seasoned professors, and a vast amount of online resources to assist our students along their journey. Don't hesitate. Call an advisor today. For more information, log on to www.atsedu.info. That's atsedu.info. Or you can call 954-324-7280. Again, that's www.atsedu.info or call 954-324-7280. Again, that's 954-324-7280. The Christ rose up from the dead and he told his disciples, all power has been given to me in earth and in heaven, in the universe. I am king. Okay, so... There has to be an understanding that when we walk with God or when we believe in God, that in order for us to operate with appropriate jurisdiction, right, with authority to have backing from the kingdom, to have backing from heaven, we have to what? Receive him 
and receive who? Receive Jesus the Christ, Yeshua the Messiah as Savior. Why? Because the, quote, the, 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 the verse that's so familiar to many people, uh, Tim Tebow used to use this as his mantle, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Okay? God, the most high God, is motivated through love. Okay? And remember, Jesus the Christ, Yeshua the Messiah, said, because I love the Father, because I love Daddy, I lay down my life. He says, can't nobody take my life? I lay it down. And in the same manner, he wants us to get this love between the Father and Son, Son to Father, and he wants to transfer this love concept to us as believers. In the same capacity, the Messiah says, I lay down my life. Nobody can take it up. It's the same capacity in which we lay down our lives. The one thing the Most High God isn't going to do is impose his will upon you. Stop doing this. And he says, you know what? I love so much. Sometimes I love to the point where I want them to do it this way. And they feel I'm not a merciful uh, father. I'm too forceful. So I'm going to love you. I'm going to love y'all. To death. And that's literally what he did. Sending his son to die for our sins. All right. So it says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him. So that means you have to receive the gift God has given you. You have to receive the gift that the Messiah is given to you. He won't impose it upon you. You have to accept it willingly. You see. Because he says now to whomever received to them. Who's them? The ones that receive him. He gave the right. Remember that word right is the jurisdiction, the authority to become children of God. Now, when we understand that, wait a minute, what is this to have authority as a child of God? What is this to have jurisdiction? What is this to have a right? When we understand that God is in control of everything, the most high God controls everything. He's in charge of the universe. And we understand that Christ is king in the universe. We understand that as children of the king and the kingdom, we have equal authority. And that authority being equal under the jurisdiction of the king operating in the parameters of the word. All right. Now, I want to go into this a little more because we're going to come back to this when it says right to become children of God to those who what believe in his name. All right. Because many people say, hey, I got God, I got God, I got God. But remember. This kingdom is motivated through love, and the Messiah says, if the conditional, if you love me, you will do what I say. Okay? That is the, 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 the demonstration that you love him. Okay? You can't say, well, yeah, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Because why? You got to remember, I'm going to get into this later. We have an adversary, a, 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 Satan, things that are anti-God, things that are anti-God agenda, and he's always accusing Revelation says the accuser of the brethren, because remember, there's no condemnation if you're in Christ. There's no condemnation if you're in the Messiah. And I always say people always uh, uh, say, uh, look at this. one, Look at that. one." they accuse. And I'm like, brother, you know what we should do for that brother or sister. If we see them in peril is pray for them. And the one thing we can't do is go to them in love, not accusation. Okay. Because when we understand if they're children of the king and they have jurisdiction, then we know that, hey, we can't condemn them because perfect love casts out all fear, right? So the one thing we can do if they're a brother or sister in the Messiah and receive this authority is pray for them and speak to them in that manner. Because when they be like, people are like, well, you doing this, he doing this, he ain't, he ain't walking this. I say, man, listen, 
the accuser of the brethren <laughs> is one. <laughs> so when people start accusing, like, whoa, 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 let's not do the job of the anti-God agenda. What we as believers can do is hold brothers and sisters who say they're in the Lord in the kingdom accountable. Okay, we can hold them accountable. Now, let's go to John chapter 1, verse 13, when it says, Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. All right? Let's understand. Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but were born of God. When we understand this concept of God, there is something heavy here. All right? And I'm going to go to Luke, and I'm going to come back to this verse before I finish. I'm going to go to Luke, and I'm going to come back to this verse. Because the one thing we got to realize is it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When it says the Word became flesh, go to verse 1 and understand what he says. He says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the word was God. <clears throat> he was with God in the beginning. So when it says the word became flesh, it is this. <clears throat> when we take up the word, believe the word, and live the word, we literally walk in the steps of the Messiah when he walked the earth. When it says the word became flesh. So anytime we pick up the word, we believe the word, walk in the likeness of the son of the living God, the most high God. We are walking in the footsteps and we, and we, and we can walk in the authority like the Messiah. All right. Now. When we say this, uh, verse 13, it talks about who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's literally saying when we accept God's love, the Messiah, into our lives, it's a symbolism of being born again. All right. It's a symbolism of being born again. I want us to go to Matthew so I can kind of like explain this a little better. Go to Matthew chapter. Uh, I'm sorry. Go to Luke. Go to Luke chapter um, go to Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one, let's see, verse 26, go to Luke chapter one, verse 26, Luke chapter one, verse 26, <clears throat> Luke chapter one, verse 26, Luke chapter one, verse 26 says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, a few months prior to this visitation to where he's going to marry, tell Mary, She'll give birth to the son of the most high God. He, Gabriel, the angel, went to Zacharias and Elizabeth. They, he told them they will have a child named John. So she, this, the, the angel Gabriel goes to uh, Mary. And let's pick it up from here. In uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 27, it says, To a virgin betrothed engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in. The angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one in the Lord, you blessed among women. But when she saw them, she was troubled at a saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. She was troubled because she's like, wait a minute, I'm seeing an angel. You know, this could be good. This could be very bad. The angel said to her immediately, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God, the most high. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, Yeshua. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. 
Look what Mary says. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? She said, hey, I haven't been touched by a man. And look what the angel says to her. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is born of God, uh, born will be called the Son of God. And in and, and verse, verse, verse 37, with God, nothing would be impossible. I want us to get what Mary says. Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel left her. Do you hear what she said? She says, let it be, go down like you just spoken. I'm receiving the word that you said, even though my mind can't grasp this because I'm, you, you said I'm going to give birth to a child and I never have, I've never been touched by a man. The important thing is, is she receives that word. Remember what we just read to those who received him. Okay. God himself is bringing the message to us. He sent an angel to Mary, but God himself brings the message to us. And what John says to those who received him, to them he gave, he's given authority to be children of God. So in the same capacity, Jesus, the, our Lord and Savior, was brought forth by the what word of God. Because Mary what believed the word and she was overcome by the Holy Spirit and she was able to receive that word. Now consider this. If she didn't believe the word, doubt would have set in and it would have been challenging for God to work whatever he was going to do. But Mary, because remember, it says without in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So she received that word. So when we go back to John and it says to them who received him, John is literally saying to those who receive that word from God, because remember the word made flesh. So when we receive this gospel, this message, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes upon us. Just like it did with the Holy, uh, uh, with Mary, the Holy Spirit came upon her. So when we receive, when you hear this message of good news, God died for you. Uh, it's important that you give your life to Christ. The, you become a child of God. The wrath of God. You are sin. You had, you had, you you hate God. Remember, the Bible says, "If you love me, you do what I say." So flip that. If you don't love Him, you won't do what He says. Right. So, when it says. To them who received him, you received that word from God and the Holy Spirit came upon you and the Holy Spirit calls you to say, you know what? I want to live for the most high God and I'm going to accept his down payment and gift of love. That's Jesus the Christ, Yeshua the Messiah. And what happens? That word comes in you. You at that point begin to accept the most high God because remember the Bible says no one can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit there's no way you come to God and receive him as a Holy uh, uh, as a son of God and you renounce sin and you want to live your life to him because remember you're motivated by love you understand what God did you understand what the Messiah did to redeem you from sin I always had the concept that Jesus was Superman and I say that in the sense to say he knew what he had to do. He came to the earth realm to die for sin. He was ready to do it. And he was like, let's get this over with. Let me get back home. But when I read the passage in Luke, Matthew, John, in the Gospels, at one point, the Messiah says, I have a baptism 
that needs to be accomplished and I am stressed until it's done. <laughs> and if you understand what he's saying, he's saying, boy, y'all don't know. I got the weight of the universe on my back, the weight of heaven on my back. And I, I cannot deviate from the path because if I deviate from the path, it can be very catastrophic for the universe. It can be catastrophic for the universe. You got to remember now, the sacrifice that the Lord laid down for the earth realm, it was for heaven as well. He's a high priest. There was war of nations. It says the Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and a third was cast out. So there was rebellion in heaven. So it, 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 heaven has to be cleansed. This is why the, the blood of the Messiah is so precious. It cleansed the universe of the filth and stench of sin that Satan, the anti-God agenda, did in heaven and in the earth realm. That's how important this was. Again, uh, if you have a question, 321-345-WGGF, 321-345-9443. We're giving a lot of information here. So when we talk about this, we're saying in the same capacity that we receive the word and at that point, God gives us the right to become children of God. Not just the right, but remember, the authority, the jurisdiction, okay? And when we're talking about authority and jurisdiction, it's just like this. Uh, you go into a certain city, and when I go into a city, I'm living in Miami. I see a city, Fort Lauderdale, police from Fort Lauderdale, from Hollywood, from this, from that. They're law enforcement, but there is jurisdiction, Okay? Uh, city of Miami stops at a certain point of the street, and when I get beyond that street, they can't really deal with me, okay? They, they don't have that jurisdiction. So when it's understand the jurisdiction, he's given us the jurisdiction to be children of the Most High God. That's important. Why? Because, remember, when the Messiah rose from the dead, he says, listen, check this out. All power is given to me, not just in heaven, but on earth. So that means as children of the most high God, we have jurisdiction in the earth realm and there is no limitation to the advancement of dominion in which we're supposed to be operating and activating in this earth realm on behalf of the king and our father. There's no limitation of that. All right. So let's go to uh, let me see. Let's go to. We dealt with Luke chapter three. All right. So let's go to. um. I'm skipping here. Let's go to Luke chapter 15. Let's stay in Luke for a minute. Go to Luke chapter 15. And I'm going to go back to John, but I want to kind of lay this out. Go to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Well, matter of fact, I'm sorry. Let's go to, um, I'm sorry. Go to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Go to Luke chapter 3. Yes, go to Luke chapter 3. Verses, uh, let me see. Luke chapter 3. <clears throat> Luke chapter 3, verses um, 22. Go to Luke chapter 3, verse 22. In Luke chapter 3, verse 22, it says... This is John the Baptist. Remember, John was called to go before the Lord, fulfilling the prophecy that was uh, given in Molokai. Behold, I send my messenger. And remember, in this time, if you look at the archaic times, whenever the king came out, the heralder would go out, so to speak, 
and blow the bugle, the king is coming. So John the Baptist was that person to say, hey, I'm going before the king to let you know he's coming. This is why the Messiah directs John and says there's no prophet greater than John the Baptist. I mean, from that point, Moses was the man, but he says no prophet born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. Why? He went before the king of the universe. That's why. <clears throat> now, when we look at John chapter, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 3, verses uh, 21. I'm sorry, go to John chapter 3, verse 21. John chapter 3, verse 21. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land. Now, John was also baptizing. You know what? I'm throwing off a little bit here. Go to Matthew. I know my script is right there in Matthew. I'm sorry. Go to Matthew. <clears throat> Go to Matthew chapter 3. I know I'll find a scripture that what I want. Go to Matthew chapter 3. I'm sorry. Go to Matthew chapter 3, verses 13. Go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said, let it go down like this, for it is fitting for us to fulfill our righteousness. Then allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he said he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and standing upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, this particular uh, validation came for a variety of reasons. It came for us for the most part. And, and why did it come for us? Because in the same capacity, remember, when John writes, we weren't born of flesh, we were born of God. So in the same manner, when you are born again, your birth is from the word of God. And God literally sees this as being born in the likeness of his only begotten son. Because when you become born again, you accept that word. And I'm going to show you through baptism in, 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 in God's eyes, the most high God's eyes, you become a new creature. So when the, when the father says, this is my beloved son in whom one will please, it literally happens to us in likeness when we accept uh, uh, Christ, the Messiah, as our savior. In that same capacity, when we become baptized, God says the same thing. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Or this is my beloved daughter whom I'm well pleased. It's the same thing. And so God says this to show, hey, when you do it, I'm going to do the same thing. And to show validation for this, go to Luke chapter 15. Go to Luke chapter 15. When you go to Luke chapter 15, look at verse 7. Because remember, when we talk about the baptism, uh, I think Paul talks about this in Romans in detail. The baptism is symbolism of death and resurrection. The death, we are laid down to the watery grave. We stop breathing. Death. So this is why Paul writes, all things become new and behold, we're a new creature. Because in our father's eyesight, we were birthed by the word. And that's why John writes, not of flesh, not of man. Man had nothing to do with your being born again. That's why 
when we when he says he's given you the authority and the jurisdiction to be children of God, he's literally saying flesh has nothing to do with this. And when you become born again, taken down in that water and drawn up, you have some serious authority. You're you're literally walking in the likeness of the only begotten son. This is how the father sees you. And so I want us to grab this concept of the jurisdiction and the power that we have. Because whatever your concept of the Father is, you should be thinking that's, you're, you're in that likeness. Whatever your concept of Yeshua, Jesus is, you should be thinking in that likeness. If you believe God cannot fail, God is undefeated, the Most High God is loving, that is your character. Watch this. People tend to identify family members by the way they look. But man, you look like your father. Man, you look like your brother. Man, you look like your mother, right? So remember, Philip says, Lord, show us the father. And the Lord says, Philip, man, I've been with you this long. You can't see. Daddy looked just like me. <laughs> he looked just like me. Why? Because he was walking in the authority and the power. So remember, James writes, when we look at that word, it's like a mirror. So as we come more in Christ, in our father, and we do what he says, we should look like him. Okay. Now, I said the reason why this voice came is because when we become baptized again. Okay, again. Now, the baptism, when you're baptized, you should have some understanding that that's the watery grave. You're, you stop breathing. You're taken under. You come up. You're a new creature, and the Father literally sees this as a resurrection. This is why the Messiah says, those who are in me don't die. You already died to that watery grave. You've become new. Now you're children of the Most High God. You're immortal because you do not die. Okay? All right, so, I mean, literally, when we leave this realm, it says we sleep. Okay, I got to clarify that. But in, in Luke chapter 15, verse 7, it says, I say to you, that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner repenting than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Now, the reason why I give you the scripture is because when we get baptized, the most high God is in heaven saying, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is why heaven rejoices. Huh? Because Everything is centered around the Most High God. And when the Most High God speaks, ah, this is a child. I'm pleased because they're in the kingdom. The heaven rejoices. Because the, 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 the power of all universe is speaking. See? When we look at Revelation, we see God isn't doing too much, saying too much. But now he says, ah, this is my beloved son of well. Please, this is why th th there's joy in heaven. The father's happy. The father's pleased. Somebody's surrendering their life. And this is why when we do that, we become in the likeness. This is why it's very important. When we surrender our hearts and our minds to God, we need to get to know him and walk in his likeness. I'm going to go to a couple more scriptures, and I'm going to kind of make my point quickly because uh, I want to make a certain point in the end. Uh, which was the revelation in which I believe the Father was giving me. So let's go to Psalms. Oh, I'm messing up here. Let's go to Psalms 80. Very familiar scripture. Psalms 82. I'm sorry. Very familiar scripture because I want to validate this. Psalms 82, verses 6. 
Psalms 82, verse 6. Uh, if you have a question, 321-345-9443, 321-345-WGGF. Now, when we look at this, when we look at this, When we look at this, okay, thank you. Someone's uh, texting this. Very, they're listening to it. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you. Um, go to Psalms 82, verses 6. Look what the Father says. This, is, this writer is overcome by the Holy Spirit. He says, I said, okay, it's important to understand what the writer says. He didn't say God said. He said, I said, because God is saying, listen, they need to know this is very important uh, and, and, and saying, I said, and now the reason why he says, I said, because I tell people, you need to listen to, you, you have one obligation, that's to the father. Let me give an example. A brother, I was to the, to the uh, park working on my golf swing, and I told my mom about this. And one guy come up to me, and let me tell you something, my radar went up quick, because I'm minding my own business, it's in the morning, this brother walking up to me, hey brother, what's going on? What's up? <laughs> um, he says, hey man, I never knew they had this here. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm up in arms. Now, I, I laugh a lot because my mom say, son, you be too quick to bring the sword, which I am. I'm very quick. I got another brother who say, boy, he, he jokes with me, say, we you like Rambo. I'm just, let's cut the chase. Let's get to the issue. He says, man, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. So we started talking. So long story short, he was propositioning me because he has an issue with his identity, his gender identity. And he was saying, but you know, if this is me, this, this is what I want to be. The one I said, my friend. He said, so why are my friends judging me? I don't like what they're saying about me. I said, let me tell you something, brother. The most important thing is you need to be concerned with what does God think of you? What does he see about you? That's the most important thing. I tell people quickly, I can live any kind of way I want, but I don't live that way because God is watching. I don't care what somebody says. I I have an obligation to, to, to listen to my Father in heaven. And so this is why he says, I said this. It's important that you understand that your Father is saying this about you. Your, big bro- your biggest brother, Jesus the Christ, Yeshua the Messiah, is saying this about you. He's saying, I said you're God's. Okay? Now, the Hebrew for this, and I say the Hebrew is because the Old Testament is written in Hebrew and Aramaic. Uh, the word here is... When it says God, it's Elohim. This is the same word that's used when it says, in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, Elohim. So when it says, I said you're Elohim, God is saying, I'm saying y'all like me. <laughs> he said, y'all are like me. And he said, I said it, so believe it. And remember, the word of God says, God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he means it. So understand what he says. I'm saying this. I haven't changed my mind. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you're going through. I don't even care what you think what other people are saying about you. I don't care if you're hearing other voices. I said you're gods. And all are children of the Most High. When he says all, all who receive the name. All who received him. That's who he's talking to. Okay? So when he says, I'm telling you this. I'm reminding you of this. So when you feel despaired, you feeling down, you feeling broken, you feeling frustrated, you need to slap yourself and come to yourself. And remember, God himself of the universe said when you went down in that watery grave and got baptized, heaven rejoiced because the king of the universe acknowledged child of the kingdom. You got to understand that he acknowledged you as a child of the kingdom. 
You better, you, you better understand this. So be reminded that when he says, I've given you jurisdiction, I've given you power, in the beginning was the word, the word was made flesh. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said. God created everything by the word. The Messiah reinforces this when he says, you can say to this mountain, move, and it's going to respond to you. We have the same spirit that possessed the Messiah when he walked this earth realm. This is why the Messiah says, hey, here's something you need to understand. Greater works you will do. Why? Because the Lord established the kingdom. He says, now, you're going to do greater works in advancing the kingdom. Hmm? Understand, Christ conquered everything. But Christ saying, man, listen, it's like this. The reason why he says this, he says, Moses was frustrated because Moses could not go into the land, the promised land with the people. He said, Lord, let me go with him. Uh, the, the most High God said, listen, Moses, let's not have this conversation again. Go to the mountain, take a look. You ain't going in. The Messiah says, greater works because y'all can go in to the kingdom and advance and see the works of it. I'm going to heaven, but I ain't leaving you by yourself. I'm sending you something else. Now, again. This is to my point, and I don't think I'm going to get to it tonight, but I, I, I got to give you this verse here. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Ephesians in the New Testament. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Remember, the motivation and the agenda in kingdom is love. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Now, let me just say this point here. People be like, well, I can't, I can't love a God who don't accept me as I am. That's a lie that Satan has deceived you. God accepted you as you was because he died for you and it's your sin. When you wasn't thinking about God, remember, you put him on a cross. We put him on a cross. Our sin put him on a cross. We may not have been that that time saying crucify, but when you rejected and went to walk in sin, you were saying crucify. So while you were sinning doing your thing, God loved you just like that. Here's the question. What the Messiah asks, he says, do you love me? Because if you do, you'll listen to me. You do what I ask you to do. Okay? That's, that's, so don't let the enemy deceive you or people deceive you saying, well, man, God ain't right. He don't love you like you is. No, God loved you just the way you was. He died for you just like that. God saying, well, if you love me, you will do this for me. Okay? Let me show you how much I love you more when you listen to me. I have a better future plan for you. So let me hasten because I'm running out of time and I still haven't gotten to the punchline yet. Um, in verse uh, 6, it says, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I tell people this. When you become born again, you become kingdom citizens. You not only are walking in the perspective of, okay, I believe I have a call. Hello, caller. You're tuning in to Breaking Bread. Can I can help you? I wanted to uh, come at you from an, another angle of being a child of God. As a child of God, there are certain things or certain behavior that we should display. Right? Absolutely. 
then why don't we do that? Okay, uh, I'll answer that question. You have another question? I'm sorry. No, no, that's it. Okay, let me let me answer that question. All right, so thank you, Carla, for calling in. Um, a caller wants to know that is is there visibility? Are there actions that we have to do to be called children of God? Now, I, I was getting to that. Yes, because I'm going to say this, and I'm going to go back to that point. When we become children of the Most High God, let me tell you, we literally become royalty, okay? We literally should have an expectation that we should have the favor of God on our life wherever we go. This week, I went somewhere to get something, and a man said, well, it's going to be extra. And a man looked and said, nope, nope, it's going to be this much, okay? He said, it's going to be this much. And I said, mm-hmm, that's my daddy. I'm expecting favor. So... When you become born again, you not only become a kingdom citizen, you become related to the government. You are related to the ones in charge. So that means, yes, you're royalty. It requires a certain kind of behavior. Because think about this. When I always say this example. When you got some of these royal people to the royal family, they, act, they get caught acting crazy. They be like, oh, he's brought shame to the royal family. They'll say that quickly. They'll say it quickly. So when we call ourselves believers and we don't act as royalty, we have to really examine two things. Paul writes, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. And we need to examine the love we claim to profess to the Messiah. Because the caller asks, well, if, if there's a certain kind of decorum as royalty, and, you know, sometimes the royal family walks around, I am royalty and dignity and... Uh, you know, kind of uppity. But no, we should be in the uppity in the sense that we are related to the king of the universe. God himself identified us and made heaven rejoice because he's literally said, this my child, heaven rejoice. Oh, that's a child of God. Let's, let's, let's rejoice in that. Okay? So as children of God, we not only become kingdom citizens, but we become re relatives to the ones in charge. So in the sense, when God understands that, we may have a hiccup throughout life because the writer John said, boy, if you say you ain't got sin, you're lying. <laughs> so it's saying we may have issues, challenges, and mistakes evaluating this walk, but we certainly don't wake up in the morning wanting to be practitioners of sin. Yes, sir. Can I help you? WGGF Radio, Breaking Bread. Good evening, my brother. How you doing, Dr. Weech? I'm pretty good. How's it going, brother? Yes. You know, and, uh, and I think, you know, with royal, when, when, when you see those uh, children grow up in those royal homes, right, they're trained from a, from, from a very young age to walk inside of that uh, position. Yes. You know, and I think, like you said earlier, when we are born again, now we're coming into the kingdom, so now we have to be trained in that position, even how to walk in authority, because authority, it seems like it comes so natural for those people in the royal family because they have been raised up like that, you know? Yes, you're absolutely right. And you're saying something that's very important. We have to be trained as royalty. Yes, my brother, you have it right on the head. That's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm enjoying, the, uh, I'm enjoying the word, brother. But this is a question, one thing, I, I know you don't have much time left, but one thing I was thinking about, right, and I want your opinion on this, or, or break it back it up with some words, the whole uh, vaccine thing, uh, and, and what does it 
mean? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? What's that again? What's my take on what? Your thoughts on the vaccine. Okay, I'll definitely go into that in a minute. Okay. Okay, brother. Thank you. Okay, so I had someone ask about the vaccine. My thoughts on the vaccine, I'm very suspicious. I played a clip from a pastor who was saying, don't take the vaccine, whatever you do. Um, I'm, I'm often suspicious of the government. Uh, this whole thing of COVID was so fast and rapid. I, I, I mean, me, this is me, my faith. I don't plan on taking no vaccine anytime soon, okay? Now, if you feel you have to take the vaccine, fine. That's just where you are, your faith. Um, and remember, I said at the beginning, don't have any cracks in that armor. Let your faith pull on the full armor of God. So uh, I think in a time as this, we as believers should be walking around with a certain, not arrogance, but a confidence that, hmm, y'all don't know who my daddy is. Y'all don't know who my big brother is. He's the one who can cure COVID. <laughs> He's the one protecting me from COVID. The blood cleanses me from COVID. The blood keeps me protected from COVID. Now, I'm not saying you walk recklessly and, you know, you're not doing stuff to be precautionary. We, we, we do be cautionary for the sake of not putting the most High God to the test. That's scripture. But they're moving awfully fast with this and with all the backdrops that they have with Bill Gates being the mastermind and the promoter of this vaccine. There are a lot of questions that need to be answered first, in my opinion, brother. So that's my take on it. I'm, I'm just, if, if, if they have a vaccine that works fine, good, you believe you need it, fine, go for it. But I'm saying, as, as a person in general population, we should have a more due diligence. We shouldn't just be rushing, 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 okay, throwing something against Paul City as a vaccine and kind of find out there are major side effects, Okay, so that's that's my point on that. And also, I want to get back to the point of what both callers made. Uh, we, we, we have a royal decorum. We should walk in a certain way. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to get to that with this particular scripture. When I believe both callers are saying, as believers, we should walk a certain way. Listen, think of this. The Messiah says, Philip, man, I, man, I look, my daddy looked just like me. Why? Because of the way the Messiah acted. Because of what he did, okay? Because of how he acted and what he did. That's how we know we, uh, the Messiah looks like God. Now, I remember, let me tell you what I did long ago. And I'm a little bit on the radical side. I remember I was talking to a young brother. And a young brother was let me listen to his rap music. And he was saying the, the, the garden tool, referring to the garden tool as a woman to hold. He was referring to the garden tool as a woman. And I said, my brother. You, you, you say you believe in God. You, you, you say you walk in Christ. He said, yeah, man, yeah, man. I said, well, why are you using that word like that? He says, man, it's just a word, man. God understands. I said, yeah. I said, man, look at this. Check this out. You, you remember the story with Jesus at the woman at the well, right? He said, yeah, which, yeah, I remember. I said, suppose the Messiah say, hey, God, and two, why don't you satisfy me orally? He said, oh, man, which, why are you doing that, man? Oh, man. But I was a little more graphic because he wanted to understand I say, well, you telling me that God is okay with you using that term. Think of the Messiah talking to the woman at the well, calling her to God to say, service me. Satisfy me sexually. He said, we, no, I don't do it like that, brother. No, he said, boy, we you blood raw. You too raw. I say, well, if we call ourselves children of God, 
we shouldn't talk like this, right? He said, Oh man, Weech, man, you 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 Weech, you know what I like you, man. You 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 keep it blood raw. You keep it real. I say, we gotta keep it real because you saying you represent the, the, the savior of the world, king of the universe, and you using language like this, calling the woman a garden tool and saying other things. I can't have you out there saying you love the Lord and carrying on like this and people thinking it's okay to do that. I say, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus cuss? cuss and fuss like that the bible says he's in the street he ain't gonna be yelling like he crazy okay so he said weech man i really appreciate you bro you raw so there's a decorum and there's a way to act now getting to the point that both the callers made we can see they're in the spirit i want to go to psalms 40 verse 7 i want to go to psalm 40 verse 7 i hope i answered both uh both uh questions i hope so if not you can call again or text 321-345-WGGF now both callers was talking about behavior. The, the brother was saying we need to be taught in this kingdom. And, and I agree. Look at Psalm 40, verse 7. Uh, go to verse 6. And this refers to the Messiah, but again, these scriptures are applicable to us. In Psalm 40, verse 6, it says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Literally, the, the psalmist is saying, but a body you've prepared for me. We read in Hebrews, they give us an actual verse that says, but a body you've prepared for me, burnt offering and sin off you did not require. Look what it says. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is written within my heart. I proclaim the what? Good news of righteousness in the great assembly indeed. I watch this. When we become Children of the Most High God, kingdom participants, there's an expectation that we mature and grow in the Father. As we mature and grow in the Father, we have to respond in this like manner when the Father reveals our purpose to us. We have to say, look, I'm coming to do the will of what is written to me in the scroll. Understand every believer, every child of God has a specific detail, meticulous purpose to do within God's kingdom. And guess what? You are built in a way that only you can satisfy the void that needs to be fulfilled in the kingdom. Too many of us do not understand the power we have operating in the kingdom and too many of us have not come to do the will that's written of you in the scroll you have not come to delight to do the will of the law that's within your heart to proclaim the good news listen i tell people you're built a certain kind of way you're built to do a certain thing you know uh in a natural sense many of us when you get a certain age at a certain point, you say, hey, you still living with your parents? You, they, they'll kick you out of the house now. In Middle Eastern culture, it's okay. And I'm going to show you uh, again within all of this, but I want to put you in the mindset of what this is. You, you say, hey, at a certain point, grow up, do this, do that. When we don't come to do the will that's written in the book of us, God is saying, look at this lazy son I got. When are they going to start doing what they need to do? Okay? So, this is why the writer Paul write, when I was a, wrote, when I was a child, I spoke, thought, acted like a child. But when I became a man, an adult, I put away the childish things. At some certain point, we got to put away the toys. We got to put the things that we're playing with in our life. We got to do the things that are detriment, that's procrastinating and preventing us from walking in the purpose. So we can say, behold, I come to do the will of the book that's written of me. 
This is what the Messiah said. We got to proclaim in verse 9 the good news in righteousness that the Messiah died for the sins of the world. Remember, we're just not kingdom uh, uh, citizens, but we're related, we're related to the ones who run the government. Think about that. You think the president's children ain't got special benefits that we don't have? <laughs> think about that. You got special benefits that the unbeliever doesn't have. But because the unbeliever thinks they're God and acts as God, they apply the law and think that it works for them. But it says, Jesus says, your daddy is Satan because you do the works of him. So Christ makes the distinction. The children of Satan got children and we got children of the most high God now we got to understand that we have to be taught kingdom decorum this is why it's so important when the Messiah says in John he says the words I speak they are life they are spirit so understand how heavy the profundity of that statement if the king of the universe says the words I speak are spirit their life that means it's imperative it's paramount it's most important like society say you got to wear that mask you need to know what the king is saying that's why it's very vital you get into that word because the more you read that word, you take it in. And as you take in that word, you're, you're walking in this third dimensional realm in flesh. The word becomes flesh. The word lives through you. The authority lives in you. The power lives in you. This is why I'm saying let us reexamine what it means to be children of the most high God. This is why John said to those who received and believed, he's given jurisdiction. He's given authority. That word, the right, don't do the verse no justice. Remember, that original word in the Greek, the New Testament was written in Greek, it's exousias. And it says, he's given you the authority, the jurisdiction. And last I checked, the Messiah says, my, 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 my jurisdiction is throughout the earth realm. My jurisdiction is throughout the heaven. So there's no limitation to the jurisdiction. So you have an authority, you have a right, you have a duty to carry that gospel wherever so be the Lord takes your heart to do it. But first, we need to know our purpose. We need to understand our purpose. And we need to walk in the likeness of the king. Okay, that's very important. We need to know our purpose and we need to walk into the likeness of the king. This is essential. Now, I still have a little more I want to give here because I didn't get to the punchline because I need to show you. Listen, when we recognize the authority we have in Christ and, and, and what it literally means to be children of the most high Elohim. We need to have our minds renewed. I forgot to give you this verse, Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you that was in the Messiah. Think like God. When we think like God, we'll talk like God. When we talk like God, we'll act like God. Father in heaven, thank you for this time to study. I just ask that you be with us. Those who have listened to this word, I'm praying a covering, I'm praying a hedge of protection. Keep us from all death, danger, and destruction and deliver us from that evil and the evil one, Father in heaven. Let this word saturate into the spirits, into the hearts, and the minds of those who hear this. The believer, let us be reminded. Let us have a clear understanding in you what it means to be children of the Most High Elohim. 
In your precious name we pray. Yerigeraka Adonai Yishmereka, Yer Adonai Panavaleka, Vuneka, Yesa Adonai Panavaleka, Fishmleka Shalom. That simply means may the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord lift his face upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord shine his countenance upon you, that the name of the Lord is upon you. His word said that he will bless you. Shalom, friends. See you next week. Hello, family. Thanks for tuning in to Breaking Bread on this network. Breaking Bread is supported by the contributions of individuals and entities that donate to the G2G Foundation. If you have supported this organization, we want to say thank you. And to all our sponsors, your continued support is appreciated and makes it happen. If you would like to send a donation to support this program, you can send it by cash app to dollar sign G2G Foundation. That's dollar sign letter G number two G Foundation or lowercase. Or you can mail it to 1728. Northeast Miami Gardens Drive, Suite 135, North Miami Beach, Florida, 33179. That's 1728, Northeast Miami Gardens Drive, number 135, NMB, Florida, 33179. Your contributions assist us and enable us to forward the vision in other countries such as India and Kenya. Please connect with us by logging on to the g2gfoundation.org. That's T-H-E-G, number two, G, F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N dot org. We're community-oriented and believe in community outreach, mentorship, and investing in our youth via spiritual and educational empowerment. We'll see you next week, family, and tell someone to tune in same time here on this network. Shalom.